This is Person of Interest with Q102's Jeff Thomas. <laughs> I can't feel hello. Uh, welcome to Person of Interest with Jeff Thomas this week. It's Natalie again, I and I'm so excited about this. I'm here with Jake Rouse of Braxton Brewing. Hi, Natalie. Hi. So... Jake, you and I were just talking about how Q needs a um, beer cooler yes. in the fridge here. We need to make that happen. I, I think, think, I think it would there's really going to be. Yeah. I'm going to get with Katie and figure out how to make that happen. Well, because, you know, you guys have so much to offer. That's right. Which is what we're. We can load it up with seltzer. We can load it up with beer. Oh, dude, seltzer, the peach seltzer. What's, what's, the peach is the one I really yeah. like right now. Yeah. Woo-wee. And the cherry is so good. And when I heard that our friends over at Graders are loading you up with ice cream, that, uh, we got mm-hmm. I mean, we got a match, right? Ooh. So. You <laughs> you know what, they even made a Grater's ice cream with B105, so if you want to make uh, a seltzer water with q and you know, we can pink that out. It's really difficult to do that with all the regulation we have to go through, but uh, but who knows? Oh, really? Well, um, we got time, just saying. We'll, we'll be here, okay? <laughs> I think you guys will be there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Jake, so you and your brother, so you are... Co-founder and yep. CEO of Braxton. Yep, that's right. Would you mind telling me what that means? Yeah, so essentially what it means is that I am responsible for the day-to-day operation of the business, and Evan, my brother, leads product development. So he dreams up amazing products like Vive mm-hmm. uh, and even some of the beers that we make and, and writes recipes and works with our quality assurance team to create the uh, the products that we commercialize. And I work with our sales team, our marketing team, our production team, to make sure that we produce enough of them, not too much of them, market them, sell them, and, and create the business. Yeah. So you make it sound so easy. It's like, certainly oh, not. <laughs> and he just does that. Um, what I think is great about, well, number one, I just want to tell you, um, I, have, I have a brother named Jake and a brother named Evan. That's so, so like, funny. Oh, oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Um, so you might tell me how old you are. Yep, 29. Whoa, what? Yep. Are 20, you serious? 29 years old. I turned 30 in about four weeks. Whoa, um, has the epic party been planned? <laughs> we've, we've been talking about what we're going to do. We're thinking perhaps a Keeneland trip. But, oh, my uh, gosh, yes. If there hasn't been a surprise yet, I'm going to ruin the surprise for you now and tell, tell you that I'm going to plan one. There we go. That's you awesome. You a huge one. <laughs> I'm even more impressed to find out that you are only 29, 29 years old because I w- have been doing a lot of research about you the past couple of days and... You have been a you've been an entrepreneur and a marketing not only strategist extraordinaire um, but a, a really confident powerful one your whole life. We're we're having a lot of fun and I mean I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur that was kind of like ever since the the lemonade stand growing up at, yeah. on Braxton Drive like that was something that I wanted to do and. I've been really fortunate to have a great support system of mentors and investors and board members who have, like, believed in me to be able to create Braxton. Oh, great. Who's been your most influential mentor? That's a good question. I got a lot of them. Like, I've honestly, like, because I I knew, so when I I grew up here in northern Kentucky, and when I left, I went to Indiana University. Mm -hmm. When I graduated from IU, I went to a startup in Indianapolis. And that was a really interesting, pivotal time. I went to IU to study entrepreneurship, and... It was an interesting time because it was like, do you go, do you take the big corporate job that I had an offer for and it was that big corporate job, right? And that's Mm -hmm. like, you go to a four-year college and everybody's like, that's what you need to do. Go do it. Like, great. Or do you take the risky, not necessarily true startup because they were fast growing and everything, but it Mm -hmm. was, you know, it was less money, more hours, like crazy risk in doing that. and. You know, I got to know the team there, and that first mentor that we had was was a guy by the name of Tim Tim Cop, and he was their CMO, and he and I got to know each other over my four years at college, and 
I ended up like not doing the Procter and Gamble thing and going to this tech startup, oh. and that was kind of the first pivotal moment where it was like, and what I, and honestly, like when I talk to a lot of college students now who are like, what do we do? Who want to be entrepreneurs? It's like the reality is, is that the more you can learn in your first couple of jobs is worth more than the job you're doing or the money that you're making. Because what I was able to gather in four years working for a high growth tech company that doubled the business every year Mm -hmm. was what that feels like. And that's hard to do. And so like at Braxton, if you talk to anybody at Braxton over the, even recently, like if you were to interview any of our employees, they're going to tell you like things move so fast here. Yeah. And even like, I think you saw Mitch a couple weeks ago, our Mm -hmm. head of marketing. And he was like, I feel like I've been there for a year and he's only been here for three months. Yeah. And it's because we work at such a pace that allows us to go like really, really, really fast and grow just by out hustling people. And so like, yeah, 29, but it feels like I've been doing this for a decade (laughs) because we've just been doing so much. Okay. Well, how long, when did Braxton start? We started March 27th of 2015. Wow. Yeah. So That's almost five years. Oh, almost. Yeah. You must have done a decade's worth of work <laughs> in feels, five years. It certainly Probably feels like that. it. certainly feels okay, like it. Okay, let's bring it back. So where sure. are you and Evan from? So Evan and I grew up in Union here in northern Kentucky Okay. Uh, on Braxton Drive, which is where we got the, uh, the oh, name. Um, I didn't know that. Yep. That's not on the website. Uh, no, it's not. And we're, we're out there. You know, we were out there back by the uh, Union Kroger. We both went to Ryle and, okay. uh, you know, both local guys. So if you're 29, how old is Evan? 27. Oh, my God. <laughs> so how old when you started this? Evan was 24 and I was 26, I believe. And where did, so you had a bunch of professional experience. Yeah. What was Evan doing? Evan had brewing experience, okay. which is pretty necessary when you start a brewery. Yeah. So we, we like, when we, when I look back on the story of Braxton, I look a lot at the fact that we were a family, but we were also the perfect team because Evan has no interest in learning how to grow and scale and market a business. He mm-hmm. gets bored in those meetings yeah. and I'm never going to be a good brewer. I'm just not science inclined and and technically inclined like he is. And so that paired up perfectly. So he was brewing at Hofbrauhaus House in Newport and learning how to, really he was a grunt at that point, just cleaning lines and cleaning up after the brewmaster. I mean, he wasn't legally allowed to drink, so he couldn't really produce beer, right? So how was that going to work? And, you know, when, when we made the leap of faith to start Braxton, it was like, you have learned how to scale these recipes. It's kind of like the guy who is a really good cook but wants to start a restaurant. That doesn't always translate yeah, into success. Yeah, I see that a lot. So, yeah. so you started in 2015. How, how hard was it in the beginning? It's really interesting, um, Natalie, because I think, like, especially I've been thinking about this a lot as we're coming up on five years, and we're coming up on five years of our big event in December, but you don't really know what you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And and so what I, what I mean by that is, you know, we opened up the rooftop this year, and that, you know, it's been open for six weeks now, and that's been unbelievable and has more than doubled the foot traffic that we're seeing, right? Really? Yeah. And and so, but we thought we were doing great. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and like, even in the beginning, like, I, I look back at kind of the, the foot traffic and even just the, we used to, we distribute beer now in three states, and in the very beginning, we used to distribute beer in what we would call wave of distribution because there weren't frequent orders enough to do it every week. And right now, we're shipping out like every day. Yeah, <laughs> so it's awesome. Like, it's like you really, it, it was really difficult, mainly because I think one of the things that 
Evan and I talk a lot about is that as a founder of a new business, you almost have to feel comfortable being crazy because you see something that people around you don't. Yeah. And like how crazy, like putting a brewery in Covington, specifically in an area of Covington that didn't have any foot traffic or any real pulse, and then continually driving it forward until finally you wake up five years down the road and everybody looks at you and says, wow, you're like, this must have been easy. And, and it's like, well, like I mean, that's a testament you know, to and, how, and, how easy you've made it look. Oh, well, I, I'm glad we fooled another one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving forward with that then, like, so you don't really get scared and you just, do you ever get scared? All the time. Are yeah. you kidding? I mean, now we've got... And the last employee count, including our bartenders and everybody, we've got 66 people who rely on Braxton in some way, shape, or form for a salary or a paycheck. Yeah. That's scary in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's terrifying. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, I mean, we're, we're consistently scared. I, I actually, like, I believe that every founder has, like, this, like, the gut check is real, right? Like, yeah. like if you don't have, a like, a feeling in your gut of, like, oh, my gosh, this could go terribly wrong, then you're not working hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I like, agree. It's I like, agree. I mean, and, and, and Natalie, we talk a lot about Vive and how much we love Vive, but mm-hmm. I can tell you that before we launched Vive, like, what Evan had to do to create the product and then the money that we spent to get into it without ever knowing whether or not it would be successful was almost risking the entire company. Yeah. And so it, we're very fortunate that it's worked out and that it's a great product and has an adoption. But, yeah, we get scared all the time. <laughs> when you get into those moments of scared, nervous feeling in your gut, which I'm familiar with as well, yeah. what do you tell yourself to get through it? I, I think the, the biggest thing that I remind myself is that any time I feel overly anxious or that anything is, like, crumbling around us is just knowing that, you're going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Like it's, it's even if something bad goes wrong, I, like one of the things, there's a local entrepreneur here that, that I really like. His name's Tariq Camille and he's a great guy and he created an amazing company and sold it off to Yahoo. And he does this talk on YouTube. And if you ever have time to look at it, like I think you would love it, but he does, he has this talk on YouTube at a TEDx where he talks about the biggest difference between being an entrepreneur and being you know, it, it, even in your world, right, where it's it's just you're in the public a lot, right? You're mm-hmm. talking a lot. And is that you live in a plus 10, minus 10. So, like, there's nothing more refreshing and terrifying in the same world as, like, winning the biggest opportunity of your life and then instantly realizing that you can't fulfill it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so it's not it's not like, you know, and, and most of your, your friends and your peers, and, you know, I've got a lot of great friends, they, they live in worlds where, you know, it's like a, a great day and a bad day is, you know, kind of like plus two, minus two. Like, I got to go home at noon today and my boss let me go. And, like, that's a great day and yeah. awesome. It's just different. And it's, it's hard to, to kind of communicate that sometimes. So your realities are just different. Yeah. And I would say levels, um, your levels are now different than they were before you started. There's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. Right. It's just a different point of existence that you're at now. And I would say, at least for me, I know that there is always a point in most things that I do that if it's not making me terrified, then it's not right. Right. Then there's a point where you have to go, ah, well, 
let's see. Yeah. Let's just see how it goes. I don't know. All I know is that we'll have to make it work afterwards. You're, you're We're exactly good. Right. We troubleshoot it as much as we can. At this point, you just gotta remove the pressure, which is yeah. super difficult. It is, and and the you know the beauty of it is it's a. <laughs> blessing and a curse that we're a family business, right? Because it's like oh, yeah. you see each other every day, yeah. and then you see each other on holidays, yeah. and then you see each other on weekends, <laughs> and it's it's great. It's great, but it's also one of those things where it, it can be challenging. Yeah. we, You know, my family um, had a restaurant together. Okay. What and kind of food? It was, you know, the cheap side is? Yeah. It used to be called East A Street Deli back in the day. Oh, that's awesome. And my family um, had it when I was in high school, and there were five of us kids. And at one point or another, all five of us worked there. My littlest brother was sleeping on the chairs in the back. He was just a baby. <laughs> uh, but then, like, my parents ran. My mom and my stepdad. And it was always a family. Yeah. And let me tell you, got a lot of loud people in that room. And it's one person, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you're just living in it all day. And yep. everything is at 100%. Yep. And you can't, There, I mean, you got to make mistakes. But if you make them, people are watching or someone isn't happy. And then that, that's you're exactly right. money that, that your family is losing together. And there's... A lot of emotions on the line. <laughs> no doubt. No a doubt. lot of them. So, okay, so I want to go back to how much, so before you started Braxton, you had your fingers dipped in like five different things, right? Yeah. You always have a bunch of things in the wheelhouse going. Is it great for you now that you can, um, how I see it, like exercise, all of those things you love, but within one wheelhouse? It is. It's It's really cool because not... I haven't had a single day where it's the same thing every yeah. day, right? And that's that's amazing, right? And so I think that the, the unique thing is that you're able to really have resources around it but within a framework. And mm-hmm. so it's like Vi, for instance, is a prime example. It's like, Evan, let's figure out how to address address health and wellness or better-for-you products within mm-hmm. the context of beer because we've got the infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. And those are the really, like, the big what-ifs are what I really, really love. And, like, it's it's like, well, what if we did this? And and then you just, you start to pursue it, and then you you go down a path where every once in a while you know, like, oh, this is a terrible idea. And then you just stop, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and, like, and we've, we've, had a, we've had a few of those. We've had several, several failures. And, and But one of the things that we try to do at Braxton, we try to do as a company is to embrace failure because if you're going to, like if you're going to continue to try to innovate at the rate that we do and do products like Vive and do all mm-hmm. this other stuff, you have to be willing to do things that are going to fail. And so, you know, to me, it's it's been really fun to be able to look across all of the different things that we can do within a brewery mm-hmm. and with your family and within the context of a city that I love and, and see what happens. I mean, a prime example of that, Covington Oktoberfest. Like we're we're bringing that event back. That's what I read because it was going it was going out of business or they went out of business and they weren't going to have an event. And I looked around and I'm like, we we have a area of expertise in running bigger beer festivals. We know how to handle the crowd. We know how to market them appropriately. And more importantly, we know how to spend against the infrastructure that doesn't overextend ourselves. So that if it does fail, it isn't going to fail in a matter where it's going to have a catalytic impact. Why wouldn't we do this? And we looked around. And we started talking to people, and it's like. Yes, this is actually a really good idea. So now we're hosting coming to Oktoberfest. You guys are unstoppable. It's crazy. I mean, do you do you continue? Are you getting the itch yet to start something else? Or you know, <laughs> that's to talk a great. About no, that's it, a or? great question. I, you know, a lot of people have asked, like, is it what's next? What's next? And the reality yeah. is, is right now, what's next is Braxton. Like yeah. we've we've grown this thing, and I see specifically with Vive the ability to continue to grow this thing for the next five years, and and so. 
until we look up and we're like, you know, we're pretty comfortable with where we are. Yeah. We're going to keep at it. That's so exciting. And so where do you see, do you have huge goals? Like when you make plans for success or, you know, like your five-year plans, or, or et cetera, you know, how, how many levels do you look at in advance? That's a great question. Um, when I was part of my, one of my mentors, Tim, the guy I just mentioned mm-hmm. like in, in tech, the, the biggest thing that I learned from him is that how often it is for people to overestimate what they can accomplish in a year but significantly underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. And so for us, what what we try to do is we always do one-year planning, and we always look at it, and we're like, all right, this feels good. It feels right. But then I look back, like we're going on five years now, and I look at what we've done in five years, and it's like even if you sum up all of the one-year plans, it never summed into what we've done. Yeah. And so that's really difficult because it's like almost every year the business looks completely different. And it's exciting, and it's it's. I wouldn't have it any other way. But mm-hmm. as we look now, one, three, five years, it's like, all right, let's talk about five years where Braxton's sold in fifty states. I don't know if that's possible, but yeah. what happens if that, you know? And how does that look and work backwards? So, can I ask you about um, the brewing industry in uh, in America in general right now? It seems pretty oversaturated. Yeah, no uh, doubt. It's, it's not my area of expertise by any means. No, you're right. But it seems. Like there's a new brewery everywhere, and everyone thinks they can do it. And so what do you think is the key to success? This is a layered question. Yeah. Key to success within like the brewing world, but also in business in general. Like me being naive, I think that like if you're going to do it, just do it better. Yeah. I, but, so we always, you know, we, we have a bunch of core values at Braxton, and the, the number one that we, the, the very first core value that we list is never cut corners. And so for us, and I hope people notice this, that any time we put our name on something, we do it big and we do it right. And, yeah, and like, like that's that. And that's, you know, it's like you do a hard seltzer. Well, you can't just do a hard seltzer. You've got to buy a canning line that puts it in a slim can because that's what the rest of the industry is doing, right? Yeah. And so when I tell people, you're absolutely right. Brewing is oversaturated. The craft beer industry as a whole is up. It's growing low single digits, so like 4 to 7%, depending on what mm-hmm. report you look at, which is still great growth. It's a big number. Yeah. But the reality is is that even in just the five years that we've been open, local went from your state to your city, and now it's sometimes even your neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, I, I, went, I spent a weekend three weeks ago where I went to seven different breweries in Cincinnati that I had never been to. Wow. Right, which is crazy, but there's over 50 in the city now, and it's and it's crazy to think about. So what I always tell people is that if you like, will breweries make it? Yeah, craft beer is not going anywhere. Yeah. it's it's going to be around, but you have to really understand who you are as a business and stay true to that during these times. Mm-hmm. Like right now, if I'm if I'm Braxton trying to go nationwide, that's not going to work. There's too many breweries. There's too much other beer. There's not enough differentiation amongst the 7,000 breweries that exist, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. But if I'm here and really want to do a lot more within our communities, then it's turning those investments into creating unique experiences or creating different ways for people to engage in the beer. And so if you stay true to who you are and really focus on what you're best at, you can absolutely thrive and grow. Mm-hmm. But I think that until you understand your identity as a business, as a brewery, and the beers that you make and where they fit within the world of a customer, mm-hmm. I think you'll struggle. And that's been really tough for a craft beer industry that 
you know, a lot of the industry has, has really, really believed in, you know, quality beer and ingredients above all else. It's like, well, that's great if a customer wants to, A, pay for it, and yeah. B, you know, enjoy it with their friends. You know, I can say I don't, um, re- I mean, I love beer and yeah. socializing in general, but it is all about the experience when you go to different breweries. You're right. You know, because I feel like that's really, because the, they can all be the same. And that's why we did the rooftop. So when you said it's all, it's all going down to, like, who you are and your core values, who is Braxton? Yeah, that, <laughs> and we continue to evolve that. Uh, so you definitely, you know, you definitely reserve that right to evolve over time. But, you know, for us, we're a, we're a family business that prides ourselves on innovation. So being really close with customers and understanding, like, how does beer fit into your world? Mm-hmm. What are you looking for in alcoholic beverages? All of those sorts of conversations. But really one that wants to create experiences that bring you closer with your friends and family so that Braxton is part of like what, what I always tell people and a lot of people, even like the city of Covington asked me this, like, well, you took a risk on the city before anyone else did. What was it about that? What was it about Covington or anything that you really understood that you wanted to go with? And mm-hmm. well, the way that I framed it up and thought, cause I thought a lot about that. Cause it's interesting. Cause there's a lot of, like you could take a risk on a lot of cities and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. The thing that we uncovered about Covington in general and Northern Kentucky that we'll never take for granted is that Northern Kentucky and Covington are both filled with people who have a ton of pride of where they're from, Mm -hmm. but are looking for ways to help kind of give it an identity. So like Braxton is unapologetically Covington's beer. Now we're very fortunate that Cincinnati as a whole views that as Cincinnati as well. Yeah. But the coolest part about it is that Northern Kentuckiers have Northern Kentuckians have a brewery yeah. that they're proud of, and if you give them the ability to do that and communicate that and make give them a business that they're proud of, they'll be your biggest cheerleaders. And so, like that, to me is the coolest part about us and like who we are is like it's we're we're really trying to give Northern Kentucky an identity and give people something that they're proud of to promote on our behalf. Well, I think you've definitely done that. And we're trying. I think you've done a great <laughs> job. But can I, can I go back? I remember yeah. you guys had... Okay, now. Okay, so what happened with... This is just kind of off topic. What happened with um, the pizza place next to you? And yeah. you gave, like, free pizza away for a year? Yeah, so that was a completely separate business. So, again, like, we, we are very, very focused on creating a brewery and creating mm-hmm. experiences. For the longest time, the number one question about that people would ask us is, "When are you going to put a restaurant in here?" Yeah, and it's hard enough to make beer. Yeah, <laughs> like that's we a don't, lot of we don't, parts. we don't want to do our like we don't want to do a restaurant. We don't know how to make food. We don't know how to like, and so we partnered up with a restaurant tour to create a pizza place that would basically give them a space inside of our tap room mm-hmm. that would service that. And I think that was another lesson learned along the way is that when you allow other people to kind of piggyback off of what you're building, you better have a complete understanding of how they're going to market and what they're going to do. And so we learned quickly that the quality of the product that was coming out of that restaurant was not the quality of the product that we were happy with. Okay. And so we had a lot of conversations about it not working, uh, and they decided to close the restaurant and move on. Now, the good news is is that we still believed in the idea that food can work at yeah. Braxton. Uh, so we partnered up with a family friend of mine and another restaurateur who has a ton of experience. In fact, 
Uh, it's the guy that hired Evan at the Hoffer House for the first time uh, awesome. forever. And so they've created a concept now that is incredible food, and they just opened this week. So they're finally, it's called Parlor on 7th, and they're, we just gave them a spot inside of our of our tap room, and the food coming out is fantastic. And so uh, we're excited to see where that goes. You know what's so great about this is that you very seamlessly – just talked about a failure of yours and confidently moved on. Well, in that, well, yeah, and there's a, I mean, Natalie, the reality is, is the world that we live in, in as Braxton in general, is there's a lot of failures. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we we created a cider brand. Have you ever heard of it? No. Yeah, see, exactly, exactly. And we put a lot of money into that cider brand, right? And uh, yep. and so it, there's a lot of things that you have to be okay with, and. You know, resilience is probably the number one thing that I would look for in any of mm-hmm. our people because it's like you're going to take a lot of risks. Yeah. And as long as they're calculated risks, great. You know, you don't ever want to take a risk that's going to, you know, put at risk everything that we've built. But, you know, every once in a while you're going to get some things wrong. It takes that crazy mentality to just to do it. Yeah, exactly. And to enjoy it. And, like, I, I kind of like failing now. I've done it so many times in my life. I've tried so many different things, and it's like, let's add this to the list. It's fine. Yeah. You know, and it's getting over what other people think and how everyone's going to react, I feel like. Exactly. You know? You're not ruining yourself financially or... You know, yeah, physically. right, right. Um, you don't want to take those types of risks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what drives you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, it's tough to describe, like... I love building things. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's those are the things that get me really really excited. So yeah, you get to work with some of my best friends. I get to work with my family. That's incredible. But mm-hmm. we're building something that matters. And like every day that you wake up and get to do that, yeah, it's it's hard work and it's stressful and it's all yeah. these things. But at the end of the day, you can sit back and like belly up to the bar and have a beer and be like, we actually have been building this. Yeah. And you can see a future for where it's going and where you want it to go. And whether or not it gets there, you don't have any idea. But it's that sense of unknown and that, like, drive to continue to build is what I think makes us what we are doing. Well, I mean, before Braxton, I think you as a person are just a driving force all the time. I appreciate that. You know, like, I feel like I know you. Kind yeah, of like, yeah. You know? And even when I have read articles about you or any other prior interview, you can feel your energy, like, through the screen on the, t- on the um, like, articles about that I've read online. You oh, know? I appreciate that. And it, it's much like what we were talking about before this yeah. podcast, right? It's like you've... You get when you get to do what you love every day. It's really easy. Now there are still days where you're just like, yeah. all I really want to do is stay at home yeah. and uh, just relax, and no one needs to know that I'm there. And like that happens, right? But but it is. I mean, it is fun and easy to talk about something that you love doing. And mm-hmm. and it's like if if I can't if I ever can't get passionate about Braxton, then it is time to do something else. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you you want everyone else to feel that. So when you have days, we were talking earlier about, like, when do you ever turn off? Yeah. Do you ever find yourself wanting to or, like, I cannot wait to just lay in bed all day? And then maybe you'll schedule a day to relax and you don't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and the, and the problem is, is I live about a mile and a half from the brewery. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's super easy to just take that call and be like, yep, I'll be there. Um, yeah, I mean, I am, like, we, having done this now, like, we've got a pretty good regiment, my brother and I, like, knowing that. 90 days in, and I know I need a long weekend. 
Yeah. Because, it, you know, being 29, I'm single, like I work really hard and I work a lot that yeah. I know myself that I can sprint for 90 days. I can do the 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday yeah. for 90 days. And then that 91st day, no one wants to be around me. Yeah. <laughs> and, so like, and so like everybody, you know, everybody in the office is like, yeah, when are you traveling? Like, when, you know, when, yeah. are, when are you going away? And, and like, those are the things like I've, I've learned that we now need to spend time outside of Cincinnati, even if it's just like Brown County or just close trips mm-hmm. just to get away. And those are great refreshers. And great perspective. Do you ever feel like you come back? I used to live in a small town, and I felt like every time I'd get burnt out, I'd work yeah. four jobs for three months in a row, zero days off, and then you got to take a long weekend, and you come back kind of a different person because you put so much into it. And then when you release all of that, you come back kind of starting anew. Oh, absolutely. And you get to actually think. Yeah. You get, like, there, you get to actually think about, like, not just Braxton, but other things. Like, yeah. wouldn't this be cool? And, like, that's where you get your best ideas. Yeah, so true. So what do you like to do to relax? I, so it's funny. I, I love, like, locally when I'm here, I love to grill. I go to Finley Market a ton oh, yeah. uh, and try to grab whatever I can and then throw it on a smoker. Um I love going to the pool, uh, but it's just—it's really just about hanging out with people that I enjoy. I'm a—I'm a friend guy, so we got a bunch of friends. It's like just being around a bunch of people and yeah. not talk. Like there are times where it's like we're not going to go anywhere that sells Braxton beer. We're not going to talk about Braxton. We're yeah. going gonna to go. We're going to go to a wine bar, and we're, we're just going to go have fun. <laughs> and like, and that's the kind of stuff that you do. That's just really great. Do you like knowing that you are um, kind of a pillar in the community and you bring people together? I, I think that that's been one of the more unique things. We never really anticipated that. I mean, yeah. in reality, like Evan and I talk about, he should be the face of the company because yeah. he's the genius behind creating all of the products. Like that, like he should be, but he just he's an introvert. He doesn't want anything to do with it, right? So yeah. So we we made that agreement a long time ago, and and honestly, I think that's that's been one of the coolest parts is like what Braxton has done for the community of Covington, and mm-hmm. we never will take that for granted, and what we can continue to do to kind of bring people together. Nice. So can you tell us anything moving forward? So how, first of all, how long is the rooftop going to be open? We are working right now on a way to tint it so that, oh, it, never, so that it never closes. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, that's, that's, what we hope, that's what we hope to do. Uh, we'll see how that works. Um, but no, moving forward, you know, we're going to, we're going to close out the year strong. We're opening up a third facility that was kind of, not in the plan this year, but it was too good to pass up. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, wow. uh, about five miles away from HQ. And that's going to be completely different. So that's a that facility is a blend of bourbon and beer. So okay. we're not going to make our own bourbon or anything like that. But we do use freshly dumped bourbon barrels to age beer in. Mm. Uh, and we're going to create a facility that kind of plays that experience up and is more of a community-type uh, tap room. So yeah. That'll be really fun, and then we're starting right now to talk about what does 2020 look like, and it's I can tell you it's going to be a lot of vibe. That's like hey. the big thing is, is like what can we do to continue to grow this brand and just really, really focus on it on it becoming a thing. So. That's awesome. Okay. I want to go back. There's this question I've been sure. dying to ask you. So, like, what, what is growing up? Did you have a men? Did you have somebody you really wanted to be like? Who did you look up to? Oh, boy. That's a great question. It always evolved a little bit, mm-hmm. like like who I really, really want. I always wanted to be a sports agent, which is weird. I could see that about like, you. Which is really weird, right? Because mm-hmm. I grew up playing sports. I was never any good at them, but, but I played yeah, right. them. I played them really hard, yeah. like you know. And and uh, and then I joined the debate team, and like, so did I. oh, I love it. Oh my god, yeah. it's like my favorite thing I've ever done in my life. It's great, and uh. and like I. 
quit. I will never forget. I quit football like the middle of sophomore year of high school and uh-huh. was like, this just isn't for me. I'm certainly not going to get a scholarship. I'm not good at it. And mm. and joined the debate team and loved it. Like it was just fantastic and met a lot of really great people doing that. And just for whatever reason, like always thought that I would go either to law school and just go off to do the sports agent thing and just mm-hmm. never really like understood that world completely. And I think that's like when you when you look at what you want to be when you're in high school or even in middle school, it's like oddly specific. And then you get there and you're like, you know, it's actually like no one's really become a sports agent who doesn't know a professional athlete. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a club that you have to really figure out how to break into. Um, and so, I, ironically, I think, like, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be Jerry Maguire. Yeah, if you remember, if you remember of, that yeah. movie? Like, I loved it. Right? I loved yeah. that movie. Like, absolutely loved it. Um, and, and you know, it's, it was one of those things that it's never going to happen, but it was it was fun to dream. Ah, that's awesome. So you're just the Jerry Maguire of breweries. <laughs> yeah, I don't get to have as many fun negotiations. Um, uh, I bet that's not true. <laughs> I bet you do. In there are some world. fun. There are some fun ones. Yeah. You know, getting to work with. Uh, you know, we've recently worked with the Bengals. That's been a blast. Like. It is really, really fun to do those things. Yeah, you are the official Vibe Seltzer, That's right? That's right, the yeah. The official beverage of the 2020 season, right? That's right. Ooh, good day. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Well, Jake Rouse, founder and CEO of Braxton Brewing Company. Thanks for having me, Natalie. Thank you so much. This was a lot bad. of fun. And I can't wait to tell you about um, and talk to you more about the agent. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yep. Thank you so much. These are the people behind the stories that matter to you. Thanks for listening to Q102's Person of Interest with Steph Thomas.